G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Living life is a bit like running a race. And that's great, running a race, I mean. Provided that we actually get to the starting line. Can't run the race until you start, that's obvious. So why is it that so many people avoid the starting line? Diamond and welcome to the program today as we continue with the next message in this series called Running the Race, Winning the Prize. Once every four years they hold the Olympic Games and whilst most of us aren't that interested in swimming races or diving competitions or or track and field events for the other three years and 50 weeks, over those two weeks we seem to become fixated on those very events. And it doesn't matter which event we watch, swimming, running, pole vaulting, whatever it is, we see the athletes line up at the starting line or step up onto the starting block or or walk into the throwing circle and then, then they do their thing. Then they, they compete, they run or they swim or they throw. And why? They do it to win. But there's one really obvious thing about these competitions, unless... Unless the athlete steps up to the starting line, they can't win. I mean, if nine athletes are crouched down in their blocks waiting to start for a sprint, and they're waiting for the starting gun, and the tenth athlete, he's wandering around behind the blocks, well, there's one thing for sure. When the starter fires the gun, that tenth athlete has no chance, absolutely no chance of winning the race. Pretty obvious, really. So how come we miss that obvious reality over and over again when it comes to running the race of life? Last week on the program, we started a series that I called Running the Race, Winning the Prize. It's all about asking ourselves, what race am I running in? Am I just wandering around aimlessly on the track expecting to win a prize? Am I running in the wrong race? Am I in the the 400-metre track and field when, given who I am, I really should be in the 200-metre butterfly in the pool? They're good questions to ask because each one of us is made by God to run a particular race. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10 say this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's a gift from God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. We're made the way he made us. Each one different. You're so different to me. We're made to run our own race. God's race. The grace race. But you know, one of the most daunting things about what we've been looking at last week on the program, it's this sense that that God does have a plan, that there is in fact a mighty race for each one of us to run. But in our hearts... We're afraid. We're afraid to step up to the starting line. We're afraid to, I don't know, just to take that first step. It's called inertia. It's a basic law of physics. It's a tendency to do nothing or remain unchanged. 
In physics, it's a property of matter by which the matter continues in its existing state of rest unless that state is changed by an external force. You know that feeling. You, you can see what lies ahead. You know, you know it's the right thing to do, but you just can't get started. You just can't go. What's holding us back? Maybe it's a sense that we haven't been running this race. We, we kind of know God had it planned all along, but we've left it so long. What will God think? Maybe if I ignore it, maybe if I hide, it'll go away and he won't notice. <laughs> maybe it's a sense that if we start running this race for God, we'll look stupid or feel stupid or something. What will other people think? What, what if I fall flat on my face? I'll look stupid. It's a problem for many people who believe in Jesus is that it can be hard to connect our faith with our lives. But the journey won't begin. The journey in the race of faith and grace that God has laid out for us, it simply won't begin without the first step. It just won't. I mean, you can buy the CDs of this program, you can listen to them over and over and over again, but nothing's going to change unless we resolve in our hearts to take that very first step, to step up to the starting line and say to ourselves, you know something, God is calling me, me, to run a race that he planned for me since before time began. That poor guy got it right. I know that today God is calling me. This is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I don't run aimlessly, nor do I box as though I'm beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Starting the race is saying, that's for me today. God is speaking to me through his word. And you know something? It doesn't matter how much my body craves for comfort and safety and security. I have a race to run. A race with a purpose. Your race is going to look a whole bunch different to mine. And that's okay. That's good. That's how it should be. And yes, running the race, it's hard work sometimes. It's tiring. It's exhausting. It's painful. All of those things. But have a listen to how the writer of Hebrews puts it in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let's run with perseverance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. In the bigger picture is heaven's cheering us on. That's the big picture. That's the heavenly picture. It's time to lay a hold of the life that God's got planned for us, to actually shed the flab, the weight, the sin, lose it, because it's, it's lead in the saddlebags. And I know, shedding that lead, that sin, is kind of like losing weight. It takes time. But what's being talked about here by Paul and by the writer of Hebrews is shifting our focus from the temptation. You know, like, like that, I heard someone say the other day, like the, the chocolate cake that you just want to eat today, that soft, sweet, 
creamy, luscious, delicious chocolate cake. You can just smell the smell going up your nostrils. It's the thing that's going to clog up your arteries and put the weight on. I know it's crying out, eat me, eat me. It's a seductive cry in the very core of our being. What the writer of Hebrews is saying here is let that go. Say no to it and say yes to Jesus, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He gave up a great career he could have had as a preacher and a religious leader. He gave it up to die on the cross for the joy that lay ahead. And that's the whole point. That's it. That's where it is. It's so incredibly hard running a race. But when you get to the end of it and you're exhausted and you're tired and you ache, it's a fabulous race to have run. I'm going to ask you a question, a question for yourself to ask. Am I ready to run this race? Only you can answer it. But I want to encourage you, go to God today, answer the call that you've heard his voice and tell him, I am, Lord, I am ready to run your race. just how many people seem to be spending so much of their time and energy talking about, asserting their own rights, how prideful and selfish it's all become. What this world truly needs is a good dose of simple, old-fashioned humility. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Incredible Power of Your Humility in a Prideful World. And with the life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. Make no mistake, the Word of God is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you pour the healing love of Jesus out into a world that seems intent on tearing itself apart. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.